the holiday period is a tricky process because uh, budgets are set at the beginning of the year and you need to have very strong goals for this this period of time at the end of the year where um, you've only got a certain amount of, of, of budget left to acquire those customers. So just be very um, aware of what you want your goals to be um, as those budgets are being set. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show, where we interview founders of fast-growing seven- and eight-figure e-commerce businesses and e-commerce experts. They'll tell their stories, share how they 2X their businesses, and inspire you to take action in your own online retail business today. And now, here he is, the man in the mix, Kunlay Campbell. This episode is brought to you by Remarkety. Remarkety is an email marketing platform specifically built for e-commerce businesses. With Remarkety, emails are automatically triggered by shopper behavior and purchase history. With a few simple clicks, Remarkety allows you to recover abandoned carts, win back inactive customers, make product recommendations, deliver newsletters, and a whole lot more. In other words, emails you will send through Remarkety will be highly targeted with glaring improvements on your open rates, click rates, and most importantly, conversions. You're also able to track revenue generated from every single email sent by Remarkety. Try Remarkety absolutely free for 30 days, no credit cards, and no contracts. To sweeten the deal, 2x e-commerce listeners can get Remarkety for 30% off an entire year using the coupon code PODCAST30. That is coupon code podcast three zero visit remarkity.com to learn more remarkity is email marketing for e-commerce simplified hi guys on today's episode of the 2x e-commerce podcast show i have with me tristan handy he's a vice president of marketing at rj metrics which is for those of you that don't know rj metrics it's a business intelligence platform for SaaS and e-commerce businesses back in episode nine i interviewed tristan and tristan actually gave me a new perspective on on e-commerce well not slightly new but he he changed my my perspective um by one word and that was ambitious you know ambitious he he was we talked about like the e-commerce benchmark and one the benchmark was based on ambitious e-commerce businesses and for me that was a turning point with the direction on the show um i didn't want to sort of talk about um Sort of, well, most of the time they talk about bootstrapped, um, you know, e-commerce businesses per se. I have absolutely no issue with bootstrapped e-commerce businesses, but you know, from an ambitious standpoint, how how do we move, you know, your bootstrapped e-commerce business from a six-figure business to a seven-figure business? So how do we move a seven-figure business to an eight-figure business? We're talking about you know scale here, and he introduced the concept of scale. With, with one word, which was ambitious. I went on to speak at um, the Commerce Exchange, which was um, a meetup um, in, in York about um, rapid e-commerce growth. And it was all around most of what Tristan and RJ Metrics had shared. And, you know, they've just released another report, which is all around 
the holiday um, customer benchmark for 2016. And it revealed some quite interesting, interesting insights, which Trishan and I talk about um, over this interview, about uh, pretty much, you know, when people buy or when, when new customers are acquired over the holidays, it's, they typically are buying gifts for people. And, and it, we, we, our conversation is more around how do you get them to buy again? How do you infuse that retention element to people who are just buying gifts for, um, for, 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 for their friends and family, you know, over the holidays? So it's quite interesting. I would share a lot of, um, the graphs and a link to the report we're going to talk around. Um, yeah, so, so, um, it, it is an interesting take some notes in, in this, um, and just bookmark this in prep for the coming holiday season in 2016. And you, you start to prepare now for, 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 for December. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of planning, you know, cause if you look at your stats in 2015 and you kind of understand where sales are coming from in 2015, you can plan well ahead. You could also set targets, you know, um, for if you think certain figures, especially sales in over the holidays were, were not as strong as, as they should be, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a good thing to do now. So listen to this show. Tell me what you think. Um, and yes, um, do you have a good one? Cheers. Hello, Tristan. Welcome to, to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Fantastic. It's been a year. You were around um, with us in episode nine. Um, how has the year panned out? It's gone great. Uh, I have uh, I've really enjoyed watching the e-commerce landscape uh, evolve over the time. And uh, our own business, RJ Metrics, has, has grown rather nicely. So it's been a good year. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. You're my first returning guest, so kudos <laughs> to you. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Um, one of the reasons you're, you're here is to talk about your, the holiday customer benchmark for 2016 RG Metrics recently released. Um, so just as an overview, could you kind of, um, tell our guest a bit about the, the benchmark report? Sure. Absolutely. Um, about a year ago, we did a benchmark report on holiday trends, and uh, we looked at things like uh, what percentage of revenue did retailers earn during the holiday season and uh, shopping days and, and whether or not Black Friday and Cyber Monday were becoming more or less impactful. Uh, this year, we wanted to take a look at the holiday customer. Um, we had some theories about the holiday customer, uh, such as uh, we figured that customers wouldn't be shopping for themselves because usually you're buying products for other people during the holiday season and therefore they would shop at different stores and they would not be very loyal customers because during the rest of the year they wouldn't really uh, demand those same products. Um, what we found was that basically none of that was true. Um, we, we found that holiday customers do have a slightly lower customer lifetime value than uh, customers that you uh, acquire for your business during the rest of the year, but the effect was much more muted than we anticipated. So it caused us to kind of rethink uh, who the holiday customer is. Okay. Okay. We're going to flesh this out. So how many e-tailers did you analyze um, from last year's holiday period to, to this year? Sure. We, uh, I think there are around 250 uh, e-tailers in, in our report. And the data that we look at actually goes from 2010 through 2015. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's a good, 
time variable and um, to, to give you good insight and on behavior. And, and that's a sizable number sample size. Um, right. Okay. So, so what kind of e-tailers were, um, were, were kind of a, a analyzed? Uh, so it, it, the, the sample is really the sample of, um, of our customers who have been around for this, this period. Um, and, and we have a pretty broad spectrum of, uh, e-tailers as customers. Um, I think that the main five segments that we profiled, um, let me actually take a look at the report. It was apparel, electronics, um, and food, drug, health, beauty, and housewares, home furnishings. Okay. Okay. P- pretty general, you know, um, segments there. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Good. Good stuff. So what does the shopping behavior of a new customer acquired over the holiday look like? Sure. So f- first of all, I-, I was, um, I was not at all surprised to figure out how many customers were acquired during the holidays. Um, it it kind of matches the the narrative. You, you expect that uh, e-tailers will make a lot of their new customer relationships over the course of that shopping season. Um, and we found that um, in November, it was about 29% higher than the average month. And in December, it was about 59% higher than the average month. And all in all, about 25% of a store's new customers are acquired during the holiday season. Um, then when you look at what the – so that's a, that's a lot of customers, right? Quite um, sizable. Right. For two months. Um, so then, then you have to figure out, okay, so what are those customers like? Um, and what we found was that, and, and I can dive into some of the, the more detailed stuff here, but the average order value of a holiday customer is 6% less than um, a non-holiday customer, which is not that big. Um, on average, they make 7% fewer orders over their first year as a customer. And um, so that adds up to a total of uh, 13% lower customer lifetime value. Okay. Okay. So it, it is meaningful, but uh, these are by no means one-and-done customers. Mm-hmm. So, so from, from the analysis, when was the second purchase over a year likely to occur? Um, was it in the first half or second half, or did it vary? Sure. Um, th- there's an... I, I wish that uh, you know somehow I could pipe a, a chart through the the audio. Mm-hmm. Um, there is I'll one sh- chart. I'll share notes and I'll share them in the show notes. Oh, that would be awesome. Um, there is one chart that shows this really nicely visually. You can count the number of days uh, since the customer's first purchase that they make their second purchase, and uh, it it decreases significantly over the first sixty days. Like there's a very significant drop off, and then. A full year later, um, there is a spike again as some of these customers come back to uh, make a holiday purchase a year later. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we found was that about thir- th- and this was this was actually pretty surprising to me. About thirty nine percent of holiday customers who make a second purchase at some point, thirty nine percent of them make that second purchase within the ho- same holiday shopping season. Yeah. So a lot, you know, my assumption was that the best strategy for uh, e-tailers 
when they acquire a new holiday customer was uh, to nurture them over the course of the year and then promote deals to them the following year. But really, it seems like the best strategy is to try to get them to purchase a second time in that same holiday season. Mm. Mm-hmm. The holiday season meaning um, December to, to the next December, pretty much a one year, 12 months thereabouts. Sorry, let me be more specific. So when we're talking about the holiday shopping season, the way that we define this, and, and it seems like this is uh, fairly common for some of the other reports we've read, um, is that it goes from no- November to December. Um, so that that 39% statistic, um, let's say that somebody buys on uh, Cyber Monday. Mm. Well, they have about a 39% uh, chance of if they ever make a second purchase with you, they have a 39% likelihood of doing so before the end of December, okay. that same year. Okay, 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 okay. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, okay. So you, and, and that, that they, they tend to be attracted to the retailer on Cyber Monday or Black Friday as a result of a discount, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, and there was, um, I was actually reading through some of the other reports uh, that have come out recently. Uh, PwC did a good report and Deloitte also did a good report. And um, let me see. There, God, I don't know. I can't remember the actual number that, uh, that Deloitte quoted, but, but it was some number in excess of 50% say that um, th- they are highly motivated by, uh, by discounts. Okay, okay, okay. So, so how do you... So how would you suggest or how, how are you seeing the best retailers um, to nudge these discount? They, they might still be high-value customers, um, but due to the fact that they're attracted by by a discount, how, how do you nudge them to make um, a purchase in December? How, how are the best retailers from, from the data you, you RJ Metrics is coming across um, – doing it um, in terms of notching customers to, well, first-time customers over November to buy in December? So I can't really, um, our data doesn't shed light on exactly how they're providing those nudges. Um, It's, you know, we can see the timing play out really, really clearly. Um, And and my guess is that these retailers are not finding that happening just by chance. Um, One of the one of the um, things that, that that Deloitte did a really great job of getting into in their report is just how much shopping is actually not about gift purchasing during the holiday period. Um, it it actually uh, you know you you think that most of the holiday related expenditures go into gifts, but what Deloitte found was that. $976 of holiday spend are actually on other things like self-purchasing or entertaining or decorating or going out. Um, and $487 uh, are dedicated to actual gift purchasing. Um, yet, at the same time, um, it is this gift purchasing that actually gets shoppers in the shopping mindset in the first place. Mm. Um, so attract people to your stores uh, via that initial discount, but then don't, don't assume that they're necessarily buying for somebody else. A lot of those dollars are for themselves. Right. 
Right, right. So it's quite, quite fascinating. Four hundred eighty-seven dollars spent on gifting, and then you know you spend almost double of that on yourself. Well, yeah, fair enough. Okay, okay, very, very interesting. Okay, so with regards to the segment, um, there were obviously segments you mentioned. I think you mentioned um, computer and electronics, apparel, food and drugs, health and um, homeware, furnishing and homeware. Um, yep. Were they more sensitive segments, or did consumers were, were they? some segments that um, were not very sensitive to the holiday season, to cyber, you know, money. People didn't quite react um, or interact quite, you know, um, as enthusiastically with their wallets um, with certain segments where they more active segments um, over the holidays. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is something that we found uh, we found last year uh, during our holiday trends report uh, that we did in 2015. Um in, in our data, we see that um, computers and electronics and apparel and accessories are highly sensitive to the holiday shopping season. And the other categories that we, uh, we profile, food and drug, health and beauty, and housewares and home furnishings are significantly less sensitive. And there's a, a chart in the report that uh, graphs the revenue of those two segments, um, the sensitive and the insensitive segments, um, over the course of the year. And you can see one of the lines is pretty flat for the first 10 months and then certainly ticks up at the end of the year. And that's the, that's the less sensitive, the insensitive uh, categories. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, when you look at the, the uh, holiday sensitive categories, they, the tick up at the end of the year is significantly stronger. And what's even more interesting to me is that then when you wrap around, January and February are lower than average. Um, and so th- it seems what it seems like is happening is people are kind of shifting the demand from uh, the, the first and second month of the year back into the, the final two months of the prior year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and retailers are, are encouraging people to do that via discounting. Um, overall, the the effect of those four months, if you averaged it all out, is pretty flat. But these retailers are are managing to drag this demand backwards into the holiday shopping period. That's a really really good point, and um, I suppose also income. It's a zero sum game. Yes, there's only so much income you have, and you probably since you've overspent in in November and December, you probably want to to cut down, just like how you want to lose weight when you you've been over <laughs> indulgent and over the holidays, Absolutely. and you want to trim down your your wallet too. It is quite bad. I'm actually looking at the graph, which I'll share in the show notes. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty much a hockey stick, um, um, graph for, for the, um, for the holiday sensitive retail, retail, you know, um, categories, computer and apparel. And, and the other is, is much more steep, um, the, the non, um, sensitive or the insensitive, um, retail categories. That, that is quite fascinating. Um, so with regards to acquisition, um, or I'd, I'd like to so ask a question, not, not with regards to acquisition, but actually further on, um, the year. So besides December and, um, and, 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 and November, how, what tactics would you suggest e-tailers, um, just, um, apply to their businesses to, to, to garner more business from customers acquired over November and December over the holiday period. 
Sure, that's that is a big question, um, and I am um, I'm happy to share um, my my personal feelings on that. Um, I, I do not claim to be an e-commerce marketer myself, um, so take take this with a, a little bit of a grain of salt. Um, m- my belief is that um, e-commerce is becoming more about brand affinity and repeat purchases than it is about um, optimizing one-time funnels. So uh, I think that if you looked at e-commerce 10 years ago, the name of the game was uh, getting good at Google AdWords, uh, making sure that all of your ads were optimized and that as many people as possible were flowing through that funnel and making purchases at the end of it. And if you could make those economics uh, work out, then you could... Uh, scale in that product, and uh, you know that's how, how you grew your business. And that was not a very uh, brand or uh, retention or loyalty way to um, get stimulate purchasing behavior. Um, the The way that I believe that people are are doing this now is uh, that they they do pay up for that first purchase. They pay to acquire that customer, yeah. but then they they treat the customer to an experience that is much more uh customized and layered in um in in brand um that creates a, a a sense of loyalty between that customer and the brand and then they use uh sophisticated analytics and uh remarketing techniques to get those customers to come back um we've certainly seen um Customers of of all sizes both be more sophisticated with um, their analytics and and how they reengage with their customer base, and also uh, customers of increasingly early stage uh, say, "Yeah, I'm ready for this." Um, you know, it used to be that if you were going to develop any kind of analytical capability at your e-commerce company, you're going to wait until you know you're 20 or 50 people, and then you say, oh, "Okay, maybe it's time to focus on that." Um, but we're seeing actually uh, e-commerce retailers come to us before they've sold their first product and say, we know how important it is to uh, analyze customer behavior and, and make sure that we're engaging them to get them to come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that was a really, really, really interesting point in regards to retention, customer loyalty, yeah, no, you see, my, my, and I'm, I absolutely agree with you because I think like 10 years ago, the thinking was you, you're going online to, to save money. And it was pretty much, you know, you typed this, you, you typed out, you know, um, whatever you wanted on Google and, um, Google return, you know, um, results and then you choose the cheapest and then you buy and you may never transact with that business again. You just, Google was kind of like the gateway to, to, to the deals. And um, this with with Amazon, for instance, there's there's more affinity, and retailers are you know thinking that they're looking at what Amazon have done with Amazon Prime, and 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 they're, they're it's getting them on on their feet to actually you know think really hard about retention and customer experience, um, both digital and you know um, when they receive the packages, what they actually the tangible parts of, of e-commerce, the unboxing experience, and all depending on you know the kind of things you sell online. I'm I'm totally you know on the same page with you there. Okay, so um. What about like other seasons? Are there any other seasons outside um, January and um, so outside of November and December, um, like 
online retailers can tap into um, to to drive in more sales um, over over the year? What, what kind of data are you seeing? Um, are there any sorts of unified spikes um, across the board? Um, you 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 have in you know from, from your from your analysis in in, in RJ metrics. Uh, you are absolutely reading my mind. So I actually, uh, I do a lot of this research myself because I'm so fascinated by, uh, what, what this data holds in it. And, uh, so I actually finished, uh, uh, I think it was, I think it was Monday of, of last week that I was putting the final touches on, on this particular analysis. And, uh, I, I immediately was, was beginning to think about, okay, like what, how can I take this logic and, and apply it to, uh, other parts of the year? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I have a long list of that. I, I have, here's what I, I can tell you, uh, right now. If, if you, um, if you trend e-tailer revenue over the course of 365 days, um, there certainly are some ups and downs over the course of the year, but nothing that I'm willing to say is anything other than noise in the data until you get to uh, the big holiday season spike. Mm-hmm. Um, and however, that is without uh, digging beneath the surface. That's a, that's a really, uh, uh, it, that's a very uh, broad, broad strokes approach. Um, my guess is that if we start to uh, dig beneath the surface and look at um, e-tailers in different categories, mm-hmm. uh, my guess is that there are absolutely going to be um, emphasis placed on certain times of the year. And I just haven't done that work yet. And um, I, I certainly plan to probably within the next couple of months. I agree with you. It's, it's a broad stroke approach because, um, you know, um, a store selling cosmetics or, or perfumes, you know, would know the spikes are in, um, what's it called, in, in on February. And um, we, we have our, our Mother's Day in March, uh, in the month of March. I think it's June in, in the States. Yeah. So, so it's it, it would be interesting. I, I definitely worth um, looking at it from a seg- segment basis, or you know, an industry, um, a sub industry basis. Okay, right. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so, what about um, return rates? What what did your data sort of um, sort of reveal from um, the the return rate? Because um, because that's quite that could affect your margins. You know, um, shipping both ways. In, in in online retail, especially over the holidays, because you're 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 delivering this at scale. You know that's the, the busiest point in in time of the year, and it could affect margin. So so what 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 did your data you know um reveal on on return rates? Was there any sort of trend, or did, again did it depend on the the sector? Sure. Uh, so we unfortunately don't have return rate data in our data set, but what I can tell you is that. Um, there's, uh, I think it was, we have a link in our, in our blog post about this. Um, I think it was CBS who was reporting on this. Um, what they said was that, uh, over the course of 2015, there is $284 billion of retail commerce that happens and $70 billion of those products get returned. Um, it is, it is like a really a very significant amount from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were including, I believe, uh, they were including both, um, online and offline retail. 
Um, and my guess is that the return rate is probably higher than average with online retail simply because it's, it's harder to, uh, touch the product. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, I think that, uh, I think that we should absolutely believe that along with this, uh, significant increase in, in new customer acquisition that happens during the holiday season, uh, e-tailers need to be ready to deal with a, a spike in, in returns and, and have a plan in place uh, for doing exactly that. Okay, okay. Okay, so just wrapping up our conversation, um, looking ahead, so um, some e-tailers listening to, to this episode are actually planning for 2016, you know, the holiday season in 2016. So what takeaways from 2015, um, what key you give a number, any number, what key takeaways should they sort of um, bear in mind to effectively execute um, uh, a holiday um, marketing um, campaign that's successful this coming 2016? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that the the biggest thing that people need to be doing right now is making sure that they are getting all of the value possible out of their 2015 e-commerce uh, holiday customers um, because uh, in the report we showed that uh, the window really to get these customers to engage with your brand on a long-term basis is is fairly short and you need to do that within the first 60 days so there's still time on that for uh, for most of those customers um, when when you move beyond that that 60 or maybe 90 day window um, the the real focus I think should be on uh, on setting budgets, so f- figure out just how much of your retail uh, customers come from the holiday shopping period, and make sure that uh, that's where you want it to be. Is that um, you know, are you making the most out of that opportunity? Um, and use that to allocate budgets. Um, it, it, budgeting for the holiday period is a tricky process because uh, budgets are set at the beginning of the year. And you need to have very strong goals for this this period of time at the end of the year where um, you've only got a certain amount of, of, of budget left to acquire those customers. So just be very um, aware of what you want your goals to be um, as those budgets are being set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's really, really good point. You know, just looking back and you know crunching all, all of that um, data. Okay, um, fantastic. Good stuff. It's been brilliant. It's been absolutely brilliant, you know, having you on on the show, um, Tristan. Any other points you you want to? Any other takeaways you want you want to give? And any parting piece of advice you want to give retailers? <laughs> uh, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. I guess I I would say that um, it is very easy to read reports like the one that we published or the one that PwC or Deloitte published and and feel like you're making decisions with data because you read these reports. Mm-hmm. And and I think that there absolutely is useful information in them. Um, but the main reason why we do this research is to prompt uh, e-tailers to do the work themselves. Um, it, it actually is... Um, it's not as um, impossible to do this this type of analysis on your own business as as some people might believe. So uh, this total report took probably uh, 
two full weeks of, of my time to do the analysis for it. Um, and it was significantly more complicated by the fact that there's hundreds of retailers in the sample. Um, it, it is, it's extremely achievable for businesses to know this information for themselves and then to compare it to industry averages. So really that's, that's the goal that that I have when doing this is to show how achievable it really is. Okay. 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 Brilliant. 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 Um, 2016. Um, what do you what do you think the road ahead um, looks like for e-commerce? Um, do, you, do you see it growing? Do you see it contracting in 2016? What should we expect from, from your perspective? Gosh. Uh, well, who knows how? Um, it it seems that. Uh, e-commerce and especially holiday e-commerce are lagging indicators of the economy as a whole. Um, and if you look at the trends over the past 10 years or more, you can really see uh, people's willingness to spend in these categories uh, trailing behind major economic events. Um, so th- I, I guess it's the the outlook maybe is not as as rosy as as I'd like it to be just because of some of the uh things that are going on in in the market right now but at the same time it's super early in the year and it's too too early to tell whether that's going to be long lasting uh or or whether uh that's just a a temporary blip but if we do see um you know n- not great economic performance in you know people's stock portfolios then i i t- would totally anticipate people to uh, cut back on their their spending. Um, you can see people's spending tick up year over year over year ever since uh, the 2008 time period, mm. um, and that uh, that probably will reverse itself if if um, global economic uh, indicators are are down this year. Absolutely, I, I agree with you. And um, you know, we we unlike SaaS, um, you know, there's there's no subscription on there. <laughs> You know, there's no subscription element and um, there's no exact reliance depending on the segment you're, you know, you're, you're operating in e-commerce. Okay, Christian, um, on, on that note, I, I would um, end um, today's um, episode. But thank you so much for, for sharing your insights on, 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 um, on, on the holiday um, insights, on, on the holiday uh, metrics you, you, you crunched. And um, for our listeners, um, check out rjmetrics.com. Check out their resources section. It's the first report and it's titled the 2006 Benchmark Report Series on um, e-commerce holiday customer benchmark. Um, thank you so much, Christian. Thanks so much for having me. All right, cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. To help you get more actionable insights and e-commerce growth hacks that will help you 2X your online retail business, hop over to 2xecommerce.com. It's a blog dedicated to e-commerce and multi-channel marketing run by the show's host, Kunle Campbell. 2xecommerce.com is packed full of articles and guides to help increase traffic to your store, increase repeat purchases, and average order value. Thanks for listening. Visit 2xecommerce.com. Wow.